In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Merry Christmas, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. It's a Boxing Day special. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. Always love Boxing Day. As I've always said to everyone, Christmas Day is just Boxing Day football eve because I get to go and watch football every Boxing Day. So I can't wait. I'm off. got a 147-mile trek back home to go watch some non-league football. And you want to go and watch East Thurrock today, yeah? Yeah, East Thurrock. Uh, they'll lose, but uh, it's all good. Against who? Um, it's um, Concord Rangers, which is Canby Island. Ooh. And I'm off to watch Mausel AFC versus Penzance AFC in a Boxing Day local derby grudge match. It's going to be horrific. How was your Christmas? What brown stuff did you get? Has, has I got the... Uh, GV, GV Arts t-shirt directly over from Cleveland. How about yourself? I got myself some Baker. Got a nice uh, Baker t-shirt. Did your mum buy that or did you buy it yourself? No, my sister got that for me because uh, she'd asked me what I wanted and I said, I want Baker Mayfield. And uh, she obviously couldn't buy me Baker Mayfield, so uh, I got a Baker Mayfield t-shirt instead. Mate, that's amazing, mate. I actually had to buy mine myself, but don't tell my family that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I won't. All right, excellent. Well, look, um, let's fly through this. Bit of uh, news. It's the same old news every week. Mayfield's up for Rookie of the Week again. Yeah, they should just rename so, it the uh, Mayfield Award. He got the Vince Lombardi Trophy. I think there's a serious case after this season, or when he retires, call it the Mayfield Trophy. Uh, can you uh, not see him get him this week? I'd be shocked if he doesn't. I think he had, he had a solid game um, through three touchdowns. And it's it's that fact of if you look at a quarterback, they're more important. And does should that be a factor? Yes or no? It depends. If you're looking at MVP, most valuable player, then it's 100% a thing. How are oh. you grading that is always going to be the question. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I think, um, mate, the throws he was thrown into them real tight um, windows. And I think, yeah, that's, that was superb performance. And let's not even look at any stats. Just watching the game, he was 10 out of 10. Is that fair? Well, actually, I'll give you a stat that PFF tweeted out. And this was absolutely nuts. And I mean nuts. So, here we go. Baker Mayfield went 10 for 12 for 150 yards and two touchdowns when the Bengals blitzed, earning a perfect passer rating and an elite offensive grade of 98.1 on those throws. That is mental. Um, and do follow him if you're not. Um, it's um, at PFF underscore Browns. They come out with just such good stats and it's all Browns focused rather than the main PFF accounts about everything. 
those numbers are just mental from a rookie and they're a good D-line. Actually, one thing I never mentioned. Did you see what I did? I did what Hugh Jackson could never do. That's go in the sea in December. You bailed out your mate. <laughs> oh, well, he bailed me out and went to Bengals. All right, great. Well, look, I thought for today's show, let's um, do something a bit different. Let's ask five hard, controversial questions. Let's have a chat about it. Let's go. Be bold. Here we go. Greg Williams, do you think he should stay or do you think we should replace the whole uh, the the, uh, manager? I think he should go. and that's hard because I, I do I want him to stay, um, but at the same time I'm now nearly at the point where I almost want him to go, um, purely because I just I can't see it being replicated. Um, it's sort of coming from another angle as, as a fellow Chelsea fan, um, obviously winning the Champions League in UK soccer is it's as big as it gets. Um, Roberto Di Matteo after we won that trophy came in as our interim manager we were down on the floor um, and he picked us up and took us to that trophy and it's the best thing I've seen um, a sports team ever win um, that I support I said at the time I don't think he should have stayed um, and that was people were just going you're mad and uh, my view was very much that you can have all that amazing success at the end of a season and you can pull them together for that short term. There was no long-term plan. And do you know if it can continue? And um, I'm looking next 10 years, next five years. And even though I won't be upset if he stays, I'm happy to move on. Okay. And yeah, I think this is a real tough one because it's on the fence and that's why we're talking about it. So there's going to be a lot of people going, Jack, Come on, mate, you're stupid. But and, and massive credit uh, to Greg Williams because when he got hired, no one had it as a... I said right at the start of the season, I reckon he'll be the interim head coach, but I never thought it would actually get to the case where we're talking about him being in the conversation where he stays. It's not a case of if he stays, I'm going to be going at him the way I was going at Hugh the start of this season. And he's got to go. He's not the guy for us. The genuinely, is a great shot. Yeah, so my view is... I understand what you're saying and you're thinking long-term and we have got this Super Bowl window. But if the mixture is good, then let's keep it. So my view is one more year of him trying it and it was a success. Everything's We're not having to move a lot to make this successful and the fluid is good. Things are going well at the moment. So why not give it a go for one year, a one-year smash-and-grab deal, for example? Like, okay, Greg, look, everything's going well. Let's just, let's just try it for one year and let's go with it. And you never know. I understand what you're saying. The chances of that are going to be quite small and it's an emotional decision, what I'm saying. Here's my fear. If you go, say one year, and I, I agree with the idea of that, of... Yeah, we can find out if it works or not. If we find out straight out of the gates next season, what do we do? And the other thing is, if it really works um, and Kitchens gets a head coaching offer next year, that offence is done because everything that the offence is built around 
what Kitchens wants to do. Kitchens is no longer there. What happens to that offense? Do we have to teach Baker a new offense? Who, who do you bring in? And, and that, that's the other concern of the defensive aspect of you can get someone to come in and rebuild a defense. What you're fundamentally doing isn't that big. The difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3 uh, is nothing. That Both teams are playing both these days. Um, and it, the, the rebuilding a defense doesn't bother me. Rebuilding an offense terrifies me. Um, you could have someone come in who's completely new and then Baker's got to learn another uh, offense next season. Not this season. Well, look, I'm going to put a poll up and uh, today. And, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts, your feedback. It's a real controversial one. Do we keep Greg? Do we replace him? What's better out there? Uh, let's, let's, carry this, let's carry this online. Yeah. And if, if he stays, then I'm, I'm not going to be upset. So it's one of them that you're going to speak to me at different times and I'll, I'll feel different ways. But who knows? It's, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. The nicest thing is we need a better head coach or we stick with what we've got and hey, you can't complain about that. We're here on Boxing Day and we're not even mentioning the word draft. How good's that? That's because I haven't started watching draft prospects yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Quick question. Who's our best guard, Jack? Now this is a really difficult one. Um because I really like them both. I'm gonna I'm going to have to say Zeitler because as far as I'm aware, he leads the league in passer grade um, and I am all about pass protection. So I'm going to have to say Zeitler. And I had a look at what PFF had to say about this because I thought, that's that's some people I really uh, respect. One's ranked fourth best guard in the NFL and the other one's ranked sixth best guard in the NFL. So it's not an easy decision to make. I'm going Zeitler. How about you? Well, who's fourth? I'm not going to tell you yet. Oh. Um, I'm going to go with Joel. Solid as, solid as a rock. What also he gives to the dressing room. And he's given up no sacks this year. Are you going to tell me now, mate? Or am I going to keep the suspense? Joel Batonio comes in at fourth with a grade of 74.3. And... Um, Zeitler comes in at sixth with a grade of 74.0. So there is literally nothing in it. Um, but it's, it's just a fantastic position to be in where you've got two fantastic all-pro guards. Um, good stuff. Mate, that's why I'm a football guy and you're an analytical guy. Well, I'm, I care more about the pass-protecting pass grade. And if um, I'd rather give up the odd sack if that um, person's going to keep better... Uh, protection and the key thing to look at is sacks are not a good measure of anything uh pressures are by far the best measure um and a sack is equal to two pressures according to pff's or oh, 2.1 pressures according to pff's uh, study so uh keep an eye on them pressures guys because a quarterback that i think pass rush on average three percent of the time will get a sack um pressures where really matter and impact again our number one, our best pick in the draft, in my eyes, Avery. Value for money. Um, it was always hard when you, you get the number one pick and you get it right. <laughs> um, but I, I would say the, the most 
don't, this surprise is not even the word I need. But yeah, the, the pick where you expect nothing from, we've got a big return. Yep. Avery, should he be defensive edge or linebacker? This is one where I keep, I keep changing my mind. If you'd asked him two weeks ago, I'd have said I want him to be a defensive end. And I've started doing my look-aheads for the roster um, for 2019 and started piecing in potential free agents and things like that. Um, and also players that I think will hit free agency because some of them are never going to hit free agency, like Davian Clowney. Um, I'm, I'm favouring a bit more back towards linebacker now. So I think he could actually make it as an outside linebacker in, a, uh, in either a 4-3 uh, or a 3-4. So um, I'm happy to put him in that linebacker room. What about you? I feel... The team needs him more as a linebacker. I think, yes, we could go out and get another huge defensive end in the draft, another huge player. But on the flip side, we've got a lot of depth there. And uh, I feel we're really light at the linebacker room now. So um, I I say let's get him in there and uh, build for him around the future. Yeah, and you're going to drop him in... um to the DM room in rotations and different things. And it gives you that option because if you're potentially, um, you're going, right, we're going to have a, a three, four front for this. Um, we're going to have sort of, let's say the three man front is Garrett, um, Ogunjobi and Ogba, which would be a fantastic um, three man front. And then you go, right, they, um, they go in motion and they change what they're set up in. Suddenly you move Avery from a linebacker into a front four Ogba's switched into the three-tech and you've got a solid four that is competent and they can all play them positions. So it just gives you that option to move everyone around, um, which is good. You, you want that flexibility because um, you're going to get you get a lot more no-huddle, especially if you're going to make it into the playoffs, you'll see a lot more no-huddle because they don't want to let you sub. Having a player like Avery who can change the whole defence, Peppers is on the other end. Um, Randall can do it too they can play all these different positions so whereas we might not be able to sub we can offer up three four five different defensive looks where players can move which is really important to be able to do that all right great Jack tough question tough question but hang on you got you want to say something and more I've got it's not so much a question it's something that um, came out this week so um, there was an article uh, on Yahoo written hold on Charlie what's his surname Charles Robinson who's very credible and well respected um, person he wrote a piece about how Dorsey isn't the key decision maker and Paul Di Podesta has just as much maybe even slightly more power and at first when I read the sort of captions around it I thought this guy is nuts um, and go and read the article it's a really good piece um, I've tweeted it out or retweeted it um, it's there somewhere but it was basically around the fact that Dorsey went out and hired one coach this off season and that was Todd Haley Todd everyone in the building thought Todd Haley was going to be um, the, basically the head coach in waiting when Hugh gets fired this season Todd Haley takes over and from what it says basically that was still the play Dorsey wanted um, a move was then made by somebody else in the building to let both go um, and this article is basically alluding to the point that it seems like um, Deepadesta was encouraging Haslam because 
The way the structure still works, if all is to be believed, is everyone reports to Haslam and Haslam makes the final decision. The weight he puts on different things is obviously down to that. And I think um, during the draft, we probably saw a lot more weight from the um, Dorsey side. But with this, a lot of weight was went to Deep Pedestrian. To be honest, Deep Pedestrian could go get any job in baseball, any top jobs around the world. So there's got to be a reason he's staying with the Browns. Um, and it says, look, he has a lot of power in this team and it's just something to be aware of down the line. So he has a lot of power. And if Kevin Cole, who we had on the podcast um, during RIP Sashi Week, tweeted out, um, if Dee Podesta does have more power in coaching choices, this analysis from his senior analyst could be a window into Brown's thinking. So it's a tweet by Kevin Cole. I've retweeted it. Go and read the long article, but it's by Adam Healy. And the reason why I bring up Adam Healy, and this might lead back into why Baker was actually chosen, Adam Healy wrote a thing called Cubase, um, which, give it a Google, is a system used to rank all quarterbacks. Um, when they're coming out in the draft, of the ones that are going in the first three rounds, it doesn't grade the rest. Um, because, quite frankly, if you're not going in the first two, three rounds, you're never going to be drafted as a starter that's going to go out there and do things. And Baker, obviously blue Cubase off the chart and it could be a case of Adam Healy and Paul DePodesta were a big factor going back to when Baker was chosen but another part is this he did a piece of study in 2014 Adam Healy because um, he used to be at Football Outsiders and other things and it just says that Kevin Cole summarized this piece of study it just says takeaway is that formerly successful head coaches are more likely to produce and outperform the hot coordinators so that might be something to keep an eye on when lots of people are thinking, oh, it's take the best coordinator and bring them in. Lots of the data that Adam Healy created in 2014 said that that's not actually the case in the vast majority of these. The trend says a head coach that was good in the past is more likely to be good than a coordinator that was good in the past, continuing that trend. So, And it's not just good as in record. Um, these guys are looking at a much more detailed thing than just record. They're looking at what you give that. So it's an article I'd encourage you to go read. It's, it's a bit nerdy, but these are the people that are having massive decisions with the likes of Jimmy Haslam. So they obviously have some sway. All right, mate. I'll let you do all the nerd. <sighs> Hang on a minute. Have we got a guest calling in? I think it's a guest calling in. Chris, hey, the phone's ringing. I'm doing an international podcast. <laughs> uh, um, I'm a guess. Sorry, guys. We thought Joe Thomas was coming on, but it's just someone ringing Paul's mum. Interestingly, mate, I do have a call with the Cleveland Browns on the 26th of December, mate. Six o'clock, mate. Big call for me. I can't say any more at this stage. And, But, Jack, I will let you do all the nerdy stuff, okay? I won't take that away from you. You can go in and read all these books. But just give me the hot takes on the show. How about that? Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll give that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and try to explain it because some of the stuff I don't explain. So I leave it to the brighter minds like Kevin Cole, like Adam Healy. Uh, you've got the likes of Paul DePodesta. And it's just a really good insight because if you're looking at the number one person advising um, Paul DePodesta, who from what we've seen in that, and it would explain why Haley was fired, is then talking to Jimmy Haslam there is a direct trend from all these articles. So go and read anything from Adam Healy. Go look at Cubase. Um, there is some incredible stuff out there. 
All right, quick fire one, Jack. Rank the wide receiver room for me. So we discussed how we'd actually go about doing this, and we decided the way we're going to do it is you've got three wide receivers on the field. You've got um, Ratley, you've got a healthy Ricardo Lewis or Derek Willies, whoever going to be your choice, and then we're ranking the four. So the four are Jarvis Landry, um, Rashad Perryman, uh, Higgins, and uh, Callaway. So there you're four out there on the field. Um, I'm amazed that was so hard for me, but uh, hey, it's been a long Christmas day. Um, and you've got one drive. Who do you want out there with Baker to finish that trio? So for me, I'm starting with Higgins based on this season. I think he's been cracking. Um, I've been really impressed. So that would be my uh, number one. I'm then going to go number two, and this surprised me. Um, I'm going to go Rashad Perryman. What? You didn't go with Landry? Oh, no, sorry. Because the trouble is I, I need them first downs. Um, and having that out where you can throw a first down rather than only getting a first down just over 50% of the time. And yards per target is massive. It's, it's 6.4% with Landry. So Landry's not anyone that's getting down the field um, and getting the ball just even throwing their way. Then I'm going to go third. I'm going to go to Landry. And then fourth, I'm going to go Callaway. And that's just because Callaway, I think, needs time to develop and learn how to catch. So uh, if, if, yeah, I was going tomorrow, that is, that is the stack. I would take them in that order. What says you? I'm going to go one Landry, two Higgins, three Callaway, four Perryman. And I want to, and I want to make a big, bold prediction now is that, I'm going back to my original prediction at the start of the year and Ricardo Lewis will be on the um, roster next season in the, in, the, in the 53. It's interesting to see. We'll see when we do the shows over summer if you, your mind changes. But here's one thing I just wanted to make a point on that lots of people bring up um, the targets as a reason why Landry's really good. And I'd recommend everyone to go over and um, read Pete Smith's article. Um, that he put out this week. It was lots of, he broke down all the statistical categories and he did say, look, ignore some of these outliers. Um, and he did actually say in the category, Landry, Landry had done quite well. So uh, it's not just bashing. Um, but if we look at 140 targets, Landry still obviously isn't at the um, level of a uh, thousand yards. And if he somehow manages it in the last game, I'll have to shake my head, but I think my hair is safe as houses. Um, but 140 targets. If they were going to Duke Johnson, that's 1,027 yards. And that's a, someone that's caught a lot of them passes as a running back. So has a much harder game to get those yards than a player like Landry. And then look at Richard Higgins. Richard Higgins, if he's getting those targets, would be at 1,447 yards. So for me... Landry is on this roster for another year. If Rashad Higgins can perform, then Rashad Higgins will be our slot receiver in 2020 starting and Landry will be either traded but most likely cut. It's interesting. Higgins had a great end of last season and he's having a great end of the season this year. So. 
I think he had a he had a solid start of the season once Baker came in. Obviously, forget them Tyrod games. Tyrod had no connection to him. Once Baker was in, he looked really good, and then unfortunately got injured, um, and that was just one of them. I think he would have had a much more solid production if it wasn't the case. But I think it's a case of Higgins and Landry. Even though both can play a bit outside, I think they're both fighting for that slot spot, and uh, I think. Uh, We'll have another year, and then uh, there's limited money, um, and you can move on from Landry. So uh, I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, really interesting is that um, off season we've agreed we're going to do the uh, each position room, look at free agents, drafts, you know what we're predicting, all these all this type of information. And uh, what um, what position room are you most excited to uh, start on in the in the uh, off season? I think it's. Um, if you can do the total DBs as a whole or even just uh, cornerbacks um, really interest me because there's so many different options of different ways we can go. Um, and then the D-line's fascinating. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing the linebacker room. I think that's got the most scope and change for uh, 2019. Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of scope for change. And I think there's a lot of interesting things we can do. Um, and it's going to come down to how we go about solving them. I would rather go out and buy potentially two big free agents than get lots of okay ones. Um, So it'll be interesting. There's lots of options. And what we're sort of looking at potentially doing is from the after week 17 through till the start of free agency, do a, a very much go through each room and talk about them all. And then between free agency and the draft, we then start delving in on what that might look like. Because obviously, if we go get a free agency, like free agent like Trey Flowers, who's probably potentially going to be the highest paid free agent um, this off season, then that changes what you do in the draft. If you get the third rated defensive end or edge defender, according to PFF, changes what you're doing. So um, no, it'll be interesting. And then we've looked at after the draft through to the end of the season we'll be getting on all the other people from doing the uh in the division and then we're going to rank every room in the division and we're going to rank them we're going to get the Steelers fan on to rank them we're going to get the bengals fan on to rank them we're going to get a ravens fan on to rank them and then we're going to give you a really good picture of where everyone thinks everyone is because that's the key thing now we need to look at when and how we win this division can we do one show i've got an idea just come to me it's the maximize cap show program where I tape you up and I say, we're going to try and use every single dollar cents that we've got available in that cap space. And we try and put a team together. We, we can, mate, you're sweating, mate. I can see your head there sweating, mate. We, we could put it into one show. Obviously you'd have, it's a to fantasy have show. Of, you'd have to have a lot of outs on those contracts. So you might be able to spend it and front load deals or somehow, but, uh, yeah, we can front load everything for one year. That's the but, rule. But then 2020, got, we'd have to let go half the roster. <laughs> it's one show, mate. you just got to relax this one, okay, mate? Okay. you just got to think about the one-year plan, okay? But you, you'll be up for doing that, yeah? Yeah, oh, definitely. We, we can have some uh, nuts conversations. Okay, cool, cool. And um, uh, yesterday, I launched the 12 Days of Christmas. I just want everyone to know that it was not meant to be a musical. It was only a bit of fun. So um, we've got Easter, Valentine's Day, um, lots of things coming up. And I've always got crazy ideas. So um, leave it with me and I'll, I'll try and work out some crazy ideas for maybe Valentine's Day. I'm not spending Valentine's with you, mate. 
Sorry. On my own then, mate. Uh, so, um, Rob won a shirt jersey yesterday. Is it, have you been in touch with him? No. Or he's not been in touch with me, so it's all right him giving me a lovely review, but he doesn't listen to the show. It, 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 what, come on, what's he been doing yesterday? Everyone had a load of free time. You should have been listening. That was the correct answer, Jack. Yeah, but no, jokes aside, um, I will reach out to him later on. I've had a lot of time with my family. And, uh, yeah, we'll do that. And I think the last thing on, on my list, Jack, is um, the Ravens game. Uh, last time we spoke, obviously the, the time's changed. I've reflected. And I feel like I'm definitely going to go. And I'm going to watch first quarter in the stadium, second quarter on the, in the Uber, third and fourth quarter at the airport. And if I list, missed the last few minutes, then I'll watch it when I land. Uh, in Philadelphia before I get my big across-the-pond flight back home. How long have you got between Philadelphia and the big flight home? About an hour, hour and a half. No worries. Well, if, if you're busy, I'll, 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 I'll grab a special guest to do the Yeah, I think, I think that probably will be best if I give you the full reins, Captain Jack, for you to do the post-show this Sunday. No worries. Let's go wild and see what happens. And- and think big. Think big, way. I could give you a Ravens fan if you wanted to come, a good Raven fan to come on. Well, we'll need one for the pre-game, but no, I'm not having one on for the post-game. No, not anyone that wants to cut their head off. <laughs> okay. All right, excellent. Well, look, Jack, enjoy your Boxing Day special. Have fun at, uh, is it Mousel? Mousel, yeah, Mousel. We're away, we're at Penzance today, mate. Okay. Away day dreams. Yeah. All right, mate. Changes coming. Changes here. Chris, anything you want to say? No. Okay. She's uh, said enough. She's just still a one pod sensation. Back next yeah. year. One day only. Okay. We're well, getting your mum on to do a uh, Christmas special. No. No. Okay. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Mrs. Duffin. No, she's not even Miss Duffin. Miss Dean. It's a world exclusive. World exclusive. All right, buddy. <laughs> Have a good uh, one. Let's catch you up. Tomorrow, okay? See you tomorrow.